I'm Matt Bush with BPR News. I'm speaking with Sally Keston. She's a reporter for CNN, and she's the one who's done the story about Bill Murdoch, the leader of Eblin Charities in Asheville. Sally, thank you so much for taking time to come in today and talk to us. Thanks for having me. So um, this is an exceptionally well-done report, an exceptionally detailed report um, that, that you've done. So first talk about how this came together, what you, how this came to you, how this became... Uh, known uh, to you and to the people that worked on this story, how this came together, this story that looks back at something 30 years ago and brings it right to today. We received tips that we followed up on uh, initially, and that was that uh, Mr. Murdoch had a criminal conviction uh, from 1988. Uh, So the first thing we we did was verify that, and there was uh, one court document left at the courthouse. The rest of the files have been destroyed, but it did show that he had been charged with a felony uh, sex crime with a child in 1988, and he pled guilty to a reduced misdemeanor charge. So we knew right away that there was uh, obviously something to this tip, and we wanted to find out who this victim was and what really occurred in 1988, because Mr. Murdoch, for the past 30 years, this has come up from time to time, and he has told one account, uh, and that is that he was having marital difficulties and had become close to a family, and the woman made advances on him. Uh, He rebuffed her, and she retaliated by uh, making false accusations against him involving her teenage daughter. And that was the account that had been told uh, and was known by those that uh, that he had informed along the way. And so we wanted to find out uh, if that if that held up. So we set out to find the victim. She did speak with you. Her family spoke with you. Tell us about her and um, and her story that she ended up telling you. Well, we spent uh, a number of hours with her uh, just making her comfortable and uh, gaining her trust to to tell us her story. She had not spoken publicly about this. Uh, she had wanted to in the past, but she was intimidated, and he was a prominent figure in the community, and she uh, it was very painful for her to see him rise to, to the level that he did without speaking up, but she was afraid to. Uh, and when we approached her and, and told her that we were interested in hearing her story, uh, she she considered it and said that she would be willing to do that. And not only her, but her entire family uh, supported her and spoke with us all on the record, all with their names. Uh, and that really took a lot of courage for them to to be willing to do that. Tell us a bit more about what her story was. I mean, again, uh, what you guys have published is so detailed and in-depth and including very graphic details about the relationship that she had uh, with Bill Murdoch. So uh, tell us about the story that she told you. So her story was very different than the account that Bill Murdoch has been saying. She was his eighth grade student at Irwin Middle School. And she was in the gifted program, and she said that he, very early on in that school year, took an interest in her and would call her up to his desk and help her uh, with math problems, but he would be very close to her, and he would touch her, and she said she would feel his breath on her. And and that continued throughout the eighth grade, and she would... uh, they would go to PE classes, and he would have her wear his clothing. Uh, and this was the story she told that she became very uncomfortable. She did tell her mother at one point, I think Mr. Murdoch likes me. And the mother, you know, very much
much regrets this now, but thought, well, it's probably okay, Shelley. And and that's that was eighth grade. Uh, and then she thought, you know, maybe she would get away from him when she went on to high school at Irwin High. And it turned out that he took a teaching job there. So he went to the same school that she did. And it was in ninth grade that she says uh, the sexual abuse began. And it lasted for most of her freshman year. It began one night after a football game when she was walking home. She was upset. He pulled up picked her up, offered her a ride, and that's when she says the physical contact began. He kissed her, and it developed into a sexual uh, contact many, many times. She described it as oral sex and masturbation. Uh, He became very close to her family, uh, would come over and, and spend time with them and have dinners with them, and he just became very close to the family. It's now what they describe as grooming and ingratiating himself so that he could have access to Shelley. That is the version that the family tells. There was also a tape that the father of the victim had of an interaction he had with Bill Murdoch. Um, Tell us about that. When the parents became aware of what had happened, it took Shelley a long time to disclose uh, the abuse and it had already ended, but her father was livid and he confronted Bill Murdoch in his car in the parking lot of Irwin High School. And he had a little microset tape recorder with him that because he wanted to get it on tape. So he surreptitiously recorded the confrontation, and it's a 30-minute tape, so that's how long the conversation is. And he he just really uh, drills down on Mr. Murdoch. My daughter says you had a sexual relationship with her. Uh, he denied the uh, any sort of sexual contact with the girl, but he did uh, several times. He, he asked for forgiveness from the father. He offered to resign his teaching job, and he did acknowledge that his emotions had gotten out of hand. Now, Bill Murdoch was eventually charged with a felony crime that was reduced to a misdemeanor charge that he pled guilty to. You also talked to some former prosecutors and people in the in the courts in this area, and they told you something about the misdemeanor charge that he eventually pled guilty to that it doesn't actually exist. Is that correct? That was the really strange thing about this, this charge that's listed in the official court record that he pled down to says misdemeanor liberties with children. And it just simply did not exist. That law did not exist. And so that's the real curious thing about this. Uh, His defense attorney has not uh, spoken to us, so we're not – he's the only one left that was part of the court case who might be able to shed light on that. We've not been able to speak to him. So it remains a mystery as to how that occurred or what the significance of that might be. Now, you did interview Bill Murdoch for the story. What did he tell you? So Mr. Murdoch said – acknowledged – Parts of what the Love family said, he he said that he had become very close to them, and he spent a lot of time at their house, but he denied that he had any sexual contact with Shelley. He said that he had been separated from his wife and that the family was very upset and sensed was the word he used, that he had reunited with his wife and uh, that somehow this allegation had come out as a, as a result of their feelings that he had left them and being upset that he was back with his wife. 
What has his response really been to overall what has come out uh, in the last, you know, because of this story? What has his response been overall? Because it wasn't just that your story found talking about this charge from 30 years ago, but also talked about his academic credentials and some awards that he had gotten that uh, were maybe inflated uh, on his resume. So what has his reaction been in general to all the information that's been coming out from this story? Well, we, we did look into his educational background, uh, awards that he had claimed, and we found, you know, one in particular that has has received a lot of attention. Uh, He, in the Eblen Charities, put out a press release about it. It was covered in the local media that he received the Mother Teresa Prize for Global Peace and Leadership. And it turns out we, we discovered that that was actually issued by a company that he had incorporated using his home address. Uh, it was in connection with a, a leadership event here in Asheville in 2014, um, but it, it certainly appears that he was he was given an award by his own company, and he he just he told us that uh, that he was not uh, involved in the selection of that that it was done by two other people. He said it was a surprise to him that he received it, uh, but that he didn't find it misleading to uh, put that on his resume or his bio or allow. Uh, for instance, UNCA, to introduce him as the recipient of that award. You know, certainly I think the implication might be that it is somehow affiliated with Mother Teresa, uh, but he he said he did not feel that that was misleading. And that's what he said about the rest of his awards and his educational background, that, uh, you know, he would look into it because he didn't want to be misleading, uh, but he did not feel that he had been. I think the significance also uh, of the investigation of this is just given his, not just his stature in the community, community, but Evelyn Charity's stature in the community, too. That fits into this quite a bit of this charity that has done a lot of work and a lot of people have praised it for the work it's done. Um, that fits into the story also, correct? Yes, I think there's widespread agreement that Evelyn has done very good work for this community for many, many years. And it has been inseparable from Bill Murdoch. He has really been the face of this charity. He has been involved with it since the beginning in 1991, and he's been at the head of it. Uh, it's always him who appears in uh, in media appearances for different um clothing drives and turkey giveaways and all of the the work that that Eblen does. So I think his he is sort of he is Eblen Charities. And uh, so it's it, you know, I think the family uh, that spoke out the the love family made it very clear that they don't want to see any harm come to the charity. They, they believe that uh, Eblen Charities has done good and important work, and they want to see that continue. And they just wanted to make their version of Bill Murdoch known to the community. You also talked to some people that had served on boards for Eblen Charities and at some of the universities, some of the other boards that Bill Murdoch had served on. What has the response been from the Eblen Charities folks that you've been able to speak with and some of the other um, nonprofit and board members and uh, other institutions in the area that um, obviously have connections to him? He's had a lot of support, and he may still have a lot of support from certain people that have been on his board. The board said that it had been aware of this criminal conviction for a long time, had looked into it before. It's unclear what exactly they knew about it, whether it it was anything beyond what he has told. Uh, I don't believe that anyone has ever spoken to the victim about this until until now. So I don't think her 
story had been been known to uh, the Board of Evelyn Charities or other organizations like UNCA. Uh, UNCA was made aware of this conviction before they gave him an honorary degree and made him commencement speaker last year. And they tried to do an investigation, which consisted of talking to his supporters and him. And they were told that same version of events, that it was a scorned woman and a retaliation, and it was false. And they accepted that. And that's been sort of the the, uh, the way this has been handled in the community as it has come up, and it has many times, on different board appointments. Uh, then he explains his version, and that has been, for the most part, accepted. So after that conviction for a misdemeanor, taking indecent liberties with a child, with a minor, which, as you're reporting, found is a charge that doesn't actually exist. Shortly after that, uh, he started the charity that has gone so their co-founder of the charity that has become so prevalent in the Asheville community. He also went back to teaching at Asheville City Schools. Um, how does that happen after a charge like that? And then for 30 years, he's built up this presence in the community. Um, how does that happen? I'm not sure it would happen today. But back then, it's very unclear how he was hired at Asheville High School, whether or not they were aware of this conviction, if they did a background check. Uh, not clear on that. He did. He was tutoring at he teaching at Super Saturday, which was a program for gifted middle school students at UNCA. And he was doing that at the same time that the Love family says he was sexually abusing Shelley. And, of course, that was the same age group that he was teaching. And he continued teaching for many years at UNCA, middle school students. And, and we were told by the university in a statement that they didn't begin background checks on those teachers until after he left, until 2007. So that's not that long ago. And that was the case with a lot of the boards that he served on. There were no background checks. So this this didn't turn up, and it just simply didn't stop him from having jobs in, that put him in close proximity to children. Eblin Charity started just three years after his conviction. Uh, Joe Eblin was the uh, – built more oil, was the, the – uh, person who helped him uh, get started and, and supported the charity for many years. He has passed away. Uh, it's not clear whether Mr. Eblen or the Eblen family uh, knew anything about this. Uh, so it's it, it it's a bit of a mystery. It's and and yet it's not. It's it that this was not known by a lot of organizations and institutions that probably should have looked closer at his background. But even when it became known, his explanation sufficed. And and he was allowed to continue to build up a very high profile in this community. And one that that really has its roots in uh, with religious overtones. He, he very frequently quotes Mother Teresa uh, he says he corresponded with her in back in the early 90s and drew inspiration from Mother Teresa, uh, modeled the, the charity and his work after after Mother Teresa. And so this this image that he has cultivated doesn't quite match up with with what the Love family says he did and the, the trust that he violated with that family as 
the teacher of this this girl. Part of this also was mentioning that he, after this conviction in the, in 1988, uh, went to work for Asheville City Schools just shortly after that, just a few years after that. So, again, what do the city and county schools have to say? What do they have to answer for? Because also at the school that he taught at, where this uh, abuse allegedly took place at Irwin High School, the media center is named for him. So uh, the city and county schools, what do they have to answer for in this? The city schools really need to explain how it was that he was hired at Asheville High School just a couple of years after he resigned over this very serious allegation and arrest involving a student. They have yet to explain that. And, And then the county school system, the same system that... He resigned from Irwin High School in 1988. Uh, They have supported Bill Murdoch and appointed him to the board of AB Tech in 2016. They have named a a library, a, a media center at Community High School after Bill Murdoch. And the superintendent, Tony Baldwin, uh, is listed on the Eblen website as being on the board and has been on the board. So there's a lot of questions I think that the schools have to answer. And that is, you know, was anyone aware of this conviction when uh, the school district appointed him to the board of AB Tech and named the library after him? And if not, what happens now? You know, does his name remain on a a library? Is that appropriate? Uh, Are they going to take any steps to to remove him from the AB Tech board? Are they going to to begin background checks on appointees? There's a lot that the schools have to answer for that so far they've been quiet and have not been willing to to answer any questions. I guess really to wrap this up, what's next? Obviously, Evelyn Charities has a decision to make. The board that, that oversees it has a decision to make, but um, that's not going to be the only sort of after effect of all these revelations. So really, what's next? What's next is what what is the future of Bill Murdoch and and the future of Evelyn Charities? And if, if he stays on, how can they overcome this uh and if he doesn't, what what becomes of of Eblin Charities? You know, that's one that's one question. I think there's a larger question too about how the community responds to to this. And uh, it, you know, the the victim risked a lot by going, putting herself out there, and knowing that there might be backlash and and people that didn't believe her or chose to believe him over her. And and so there's larger questions of how do we treat victims of sexual abuse and and the and recognize the what they've gone through and and what do how do how does Asheville want to respond to that? I guess just to go off that a little further, how does Asheville want to respond to that? It obviously has a very progressive reputation uh, across not just North Carolina but all across the U.S. It's also a nonprofit center uh, that has to do with a lot of boards and people who serve on those boards. So really that may be the biggest thing of how going forward from this does the sort of culture of the city react to something like this. And it should be a lesson for all nonprofits I think there's a lot to be learned from this case, and that is how much do we we want to believe in people, we want to trust in people, but we also have to be careful with who we hold up as role models and be sure that uh, background checks are done. And and that it, yeah, I think there's a, a definitely a, a larger lesson, and I'm sure and that all nonprofits in, in Asheville are going to be watching this very closely because it 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 could have effects on other agencies and and there's a lot to be learned as far as 
how board members are selected and, and what kind of background checks, if any, are even being done now. Maybe that should be a policy that goes into effect. Well, Sally Keston, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with us today. Thank you.